This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 353. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 353. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. Happy summer. I'm sitting here in the middle of our third day of rain in Seattle. So this is what summer's like in Seattle. I hope it is sunny and lovely wherever you are. By the time you get this, I will be just two days out from a quick trip to the Red Rocks in Colorado. I don't know. Is it called Red Rocks or the Red Rocks? I might sound really uncool if I'm calling it the Red Rocks and it's just Red Rocks. But anyways, I'm going to Red Rocks or the Red Rocks for a concert on Wednesday night. And this is such a bucket list item. So shout out to my friends, Katie and Mackenzie, who invited me to join them to go see the head and the heart. Oh my gosh, I'm so, 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 so excited. Even though it's not summery here in Seattle, it's going to be summery there. It's supposed to be like 90 degrees at this outdoor concert at Red Rocks. And I think it's going to be gorgeous and stunning. And this is something I've wanted to do for so long. So I'm very excited. What I want to talk about today, and actually this kind of ties into social circles and support networks. The girlfriends I'm going to Red Rocks with are two women I've known since college. And so I'm going to be talking about different social networks today in our episode. And 
you'll hear me reference different kinds of relationships and how to categorize different kinds of relationships in your lives. And I think it's important that you have different categories. And so these two women who I'll be traveling with this week are women that I know from college, from living together in the dorms, and we're bonded for life because when you live with someone in the dorms and then later in a house, you like have that bond forever. There is a sisterhood there for sure that is really, really valuable and precious. And so I'll touch more on that later, but it's a fun frame of reference for kicking off the show today. So I want to talk about how to build a better support system that actually serves you. And the reason this is really important is because so many of you listening to this show find yourself going through these really fun, exciting, and sometimes massive phases of growth and evolution. And it can feel a little bit scary and a little bit daunting and sometimes really lonely when you are pushing yourself in new and uncomfortable and vulnerable ways and you don't have a place to do that where you can connect with other like-minded people. And so an example that comes up a lot in our community and comes up in our membership community over in Momentum Mamas is around especially when you aren't supported in your marriage in this scenario, where you are invested in growth and getting better and doing your affirmations and setting your goals and your partner's like, what? What is all this like woo-woo affirmations and goal setting and all these phone calls you get on and all these women that you're like Marco Polo chatting with? And so there can definitely be some doubts raised and like some eyebrows raised and some suspicions from people in our lives that we have long-standing relationships with when we go into growth phases. And so that happens for all different reasons, which we're going to touch on in a minute. But I want you to all know that I see you out there pushing yourselves, challenging yourselves, wanting to grow, wanting to evolve. And I also know what it feels like when you're trying to do that in a vacuum because you don't have a circle surrounding you where you feel like you're in a safe, sacred, supported place in order to grow, in order to evolve, in order to be really vulnerable, kind of as you stretch yourself into new identities and new areas of impact in your life. So it's really important that we have people we can connect with who are in the same place or similar places at similar times with similar needs and dreams and interests and who want to grow in similar ways and directions. And we often fall into a mistake and sometimes a pattern of repeating this mistake where we lean on the same person or the same group of people to meet all your needs. And that doesn't work. You can't expect one person or one network to meet all your needs. You have to compartmentalize to some extent. So my husband can meet certain needs of mine. My girlfriends from college can meet certain needs of mine. My friends who I have as female entrepreneur friends can meet certain needs of mine. But they don't all overlap and intersect. And that doesn't mean that sometimes there aren't bridges between, you know, where there's some bridging of the gaps there. There for sure are places where my circles intersect and collide and it's amazing and beautiful and powerful. But it's also really important that you have these situations where you can have some separation of identity as well. Because if you're always leaning on the same groups for everything, the people who know you from 20 years ago aren't going to be able to relate to you as you grow and evolve, potentially. Maybe they are, but often they're not. And what happens if you continue to lean into those same places for everything is that you will try to shine. And oftentimes, because other people can't relate, 
they will either try to shrink you consciously because they feel threatened or uncomfortable or just subconsciously. Like they just won't know how to respond and you will feel uncomfortable and you will shrink. And so this month in Momentum Mamas, our theme of the month is shining over shrinking. We're actually doing a 21 day challenge, shining over shrinking challenge. And what's so important is that you really look at how do I want to shine? Where do I want to shine? Where are my safe and sacred places to shine in different capacities in my life? And that's often not all in the same place for every different capacity that you want to shine in. So I want you to think about what different networks you might need, what different social support networks you might need. So for sure, when you have a brand new baby, having other friends with brand new babies, that's really valuable. My girlfriends who had three, four and five year olds when I had a newborn, they were not super helpful. Not that they didn't love and adore me and not that I didn't love and adore them, but they were like, oh my God, like snuggle that baby all you can because just wait, just wait till you get into the terrible twos and the terrible threes and potty training. And they were like, just enjoy this baby newborn land while it lasts. And I'm just sitting over there like newborn land is kind of hell. And for you all to just tell me to like enjoy it while it lasts and enjoy the snuggles, not super helpful, not supportive. And they of course meant well. And I've done the same thing. Don't get me wrong. Like I, for sure, when I see a brand new baby snuggled up in an ergo, I'm the first one that's like, oh my gosh, the baby snuggles. Like I get it. We all have been on both sides of that. So you have to recognize that when you are a new mom, being with new moms in that same phase of motherhood is going to be really, really valuable for you. I had two groups of moms that I was connected to when Vinny was teeny tiny, and I'm still connected to both of them. And those relationships were the most important relationships in my life at that time. Those were my lifelines because I was in a really hard place as many moms are in newborn land. And I needed someone who was in the same place with me at the same time. Similarly, I have social networks, social support systems around being a female business owner. I actually used to be in a lot of entrepreneurial groups that were run by men that had mostly male members. I've pulled out of all of those because I learned at a certain point that I didn't feel seen, heard. I wasn't able to shine in those groups. And the messaging in those groups were all about like males serving males in the world and that's not what I'm here for. <laughs> and so I was like, this is not valuable to me. I learned a ton from some of these guys, but I was like, it doesn't make any sense for me to be paying a male coach who teaches males how to run businesses because I don't serve males and I don't really want to learn from males. Like the way I do sales and speak and teach and coach and everything, it's not the same. And so now I'm in a lot of female entrepreneurial groups. And it's female-owned businesses who serve females. And it is such a better fit. Like I can connect with these women on such a deeper level. I have made friendships with female entrepreneurs that I will have for the rest of my life because we're in the same space doing the same thing. My husband has been an entrepreneur. My husband had his own business for 17 years. But the conversations that I can have with women who are women coaches or women who are podcasting, again, women doing the same thing at the same time as me, is very different than the conversations I have with my husband, even though he's also been an entrepreneur and owned his own business. Now, that's not to say I don't lean on him from time to time, but I don't rely on him to be my entire support system around being an entrepreneur. Because you need to, again, connect with people who are in the same place at the same time with the same needs, dreams, and interests. That's really key. Again, same place, same time, same needs, dreams, and interests. Like it doesn't have to be identical, but there needs to be a decent amount of overlap. 
So I want you to also think about just some of your interests. I know when I first started doing uh, half marathon training and triathlon training, I started working out with some runner friends specifically at the time who were coworkers of mine. And that's the only way I ever trained for my first few half marathons was by being with this group of women who we had all never run a half marathon before. We all thought for sure we could not do it. Like we were all literally like scared out of our minds and pooping our pants because we were so nervous and also did not know how to train well with fuel. So we literally would like have all sorts of gastrointestinal distress. So literally and figuratively pooping our pants over half marathon training, but we were in the same place at the same time. Like we were all in our twenties, had never done half marathons, weren't super athletic people by nature, but we were like, well, some of us were, but some of us weren't. We were like, let's go and do this half marathon training together, which then turned into triathlon training. And we were able to really, really connect deeply. I'm still friends with a lot of those people because we were able to connect over something that we were going through at the same time, same place, same needs, dreams, and interests. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process and their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, 
It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. I've also done this in areas with my longtime friends. So I want you to also, because I know some people are going to be listening to this and be like, well, but what about the friends I already have that I've had forever? Yes, they serve a value for sure. So I'm not saying like, go dump all your friends. There might be a few you need to dump and we'll talk about that in a minute. But there will be people who serve a great purpose because they've known you forever. So my great friend, Becca, we've been friends since grade school. She holds a very special place in my heart. She is my friend that I've had for the longest. And there's a value in that relationship and connection that is super, super high value and special to me. And so that's one relationship that I hold. And I have multiple relationships like that with circles of friends from high school, circles of friends from college, circles of friends from different areas of my life. But I'm not going to those friends necessarily to talk about like my struggles in podcasting because... Like Becca, for example, is a lawyer. She's like, what? Like she wouldn't begin to understand or be able to relate. Just like I don't understand or relate to what she talks about when she's talking about her lawyer stuff. I love hearing about some of it. Some of it's very interesting to me, but I know she's not going to get into the nitty gritty with me. She's going to go talk to her lawyer friends about the nitty gritty because they can relate to it. So you have to be able to really compartmentalize and delineate Where can you build social systems and support systems that meet your needs in different areas where you have needs? Because we all have different needs in different areas of our lives. I know that since having kids, one of the things that's been really fun and interesting and necessary is for us to find couple friends who also have kids because that's a unique scenario as well. And so being able to find couple friends where you can hang out and get along and go to dinner and those kinds of things, like that's a whole nother realm. And that's a little bit because that involves two people. That's kind of another dynamic. But for my husband and I to find other couples that we can hang out with and enjoy spending time with has been another place. Again, same place, same time, same needs, dreams, and interests. And so we do have a few couple friends that we can do things with. And it's really, really fun to be able to get together with them. And it's often like just a lot of complaining about having kids. <laughs> and our friends that don't have kids, like they don't want to sit there for that. I wouldn't invite them to that conversation. They would just be really bored and annoyed. So really finding where you can have those releases because those are places that you can, they're safe and sacred places where you can be supported. And when you try to lean into just a select few relationships for all of those needs, the relationships will probably start eroding at some point because you're not going to feel seen. You're not going to have people meeting you where you're at. And think about people who lean into you for everything. You probably have people in your life who come to you for everything. And you're like, I can't be their everything. Like I am happy to be connected on a certain level or in certain areas and spaces of their life, but I can't be their everything person because 
our lives don't intersect in that way. Now there's rare occasions when they do and people have like, you know, a lifelong best friend that you talk to every single day about every single thing. And sometimes that happens with sisters or mothers and daughters. So you might have that to some extent in some relationships, but you all know those relationships where you feel like you're just someone's dumping ground and you're like, hey, like this does not feel good. There's not a reciprocal relationship going on here. So I want you to be thinking about where you can be building relationships that can serve you in all the areas that you need to be supported rather than trying to find all the support in all the areas you need support in, in just one or two places. Now, here's the thing. I don't want you to be afraid of compartmentalizing relationships. I don't want you to be afraid of releasing relationships. And I don't want you to be afraid of inviting people into new relationships. So I want to talk about each of these three here, these kind of three fears around relationships. So I think we do get fearful around relationships. They take a lot of time, energy, commitment. And that's all like, those are all things we're short on, right? Like no one has a lot of extra time or energy to be investing in committing to relationships that aren't going to be meaningful and impactful. So I don't want you to be afraid to compartmentalize relationships, to really recognize where some of the boundaries are certain relationships and to be like, you know, this is my go-to person or my go-to circle for this certain thing at this time in my life. And not so much this other area over here. And that's okay. Don't be afraid for that compartmentalization. I remember for my 40th birthday, having like my worlds kind of collide and inviting multiple people from multiple support circles and systems to my 40th birthday and being like, I've never let these circles intersect before. Like, how is this even going to go? It went great. Like, it was a bunch of amazing women who were more than happy to connect and talk with each other. And that overlap can be really fun. I was actually just at a 40th birthday party last weekend or a couple weeks ago that was the same thing where someone invited a bunch of us to Palm Springs and we got to have all this intersection of like this person's life, um, my good friend's life. And it was a beautiful thing. But she also like it's like her longtime friends from high school and then her friends from her kids' grade school. And then those of us, a few of us that worked together, some of them were family members. So there was a lot of places where there was some intersection and it was a beautiful thing, but also to be able to compartmentalize and know like she has this network of school moms where her kids go to school that like, those are her ride or die daily people. Like those are the people she's talking to every day. And then there's others of us where we might get together with her every couple months for dinner. And it's okay to compartmentalize those things because those relationships serve really different purposes and they can all be of equal value. So that's the other thing is like you can compartmentalize and you don't necessarily need to prioritize. And I think sometimes we get that confused where we feel like if we have these compartmentalizations that it can feel hierarchical or, or like we're prioritizing one over the other because maybe we're spending more time focusing on one circle than another or needing one circle more than another or just enjoying one. Like, let's be honest. Sometimes we enjoy one support system more than another and that's okay. If at a certain time in your life, that's bound to happen. When Vinny was three months old, like I only really wanted to talk to my friends who had three-month-olds. I need to lean on my friends with five-year-olds. Not that I didn't love and value them, but it was just like, not right now. Like the relationships I need right now are the people who also hate pumping every single day. <laughs> like That's really what I need right now. Also, don't be afraid to release relationships. So releasing relationships is very nerve wracking, can be very stressful. And also it can be very, very necessary. And releasing a relationship is when you recognize that a relationship is no longer serving you. And so it might be a relationship. It might be a whole social circle or a support system where you need to be like, I need to step out of this. And I've done this and it always feels uncomfortable to me because there's always a little bit of like, weighing the costs versus the benefits. Like if I step away from this, am I going to have FOMO? Cause I've definitely had that. 
but if it's for a greater gain in the long run, is that worth it? Or is it like this relationship or this support system has become taxing and compromising in a way that like, I can't afford to invest in it anymore. It's costing me more than I can manage right now. And I need some boundaries. I need to step back. I need to like either end it, walk away or reframe it in a way where it can like serve me or I can take up less time and energy. And that's okay too. And so sometimes that looks like creating less space for those relationships. So I've had people have these conversations where it might be around your mom calls you 18 times a day. And how do you shift that dynamic? Well, you don't call back every single time or you don't answer every single time. You can make people wait. Or you say like, hey mom, I love talking every day. Could we talk every day at four, like after I pick the kids up from school or while I'm on my drive home, like putting some boundaries around it so that it's not always on someone else's terms or that it can meet your needs wherever you're at right now. So that's a release of a relationship. Just putting a boundary in releases the tension there to whatever degree you need it to. And so sometimes it's just a shifting of things and other times it's a full like mama needs to walk away and I need to like completely move on from this relationship. And so you can do that by setting firm boundaries and being really upfront about that. Or you can just do that by creating less and less space over time for a circle. I know when Vinny was born, I was in this networking group that met every Tuesday and I really, really loved that group. I had been in it, I think for like six or seven years by the time he was born. I loved that group and I had made a lot of great friends and a lot of great connections. But after he was born, I was like, coming to this meeting every Tuesday morning at 7.30 is starting to get really compromising to other areas of my life. And while I really love these people and appreciate them, it's taking away from where I could be spending energy on other things to the point that it's not worth that compromise to me. So what I first did before I left the group, I backed off in terms of my presence in the group. So I had been in leadership roles and I had been doing like extra stuff for the group over time in terms of kind of supporting the group. I had stepped away from that. So that was like my first level of release. And then at a certain point, I was like, you know, I need to leave this group. And that was one of those instances where there was this element of FOMO, like they're going to be there without me and they're going to be having fun and learning new things. And it was a networking group for people who own small businesses. So I was like, what if they all get like massively successful and I don't because I left the group, <laughs> you know, which didn't happen. I mean, I'm sure like many of them have gone on to be very successful, but it wasn't like I didn't find another way for me to get what I needed in that area. I just needed to release that relationship and walk away from that support system because a commitment every single Tuesday morning for a couple hours was more than I could manage at that time in my life. So don't be afraid to release relationships and recognize that when you release relationships, you create space for new ones. That's the beauty of it. I mean, I'm always talking about make space for your future. So whenever you say no to something or you set a boundary around something, you make space and energy and time for something else. And that is exactly what you need to get what you want, right? If you want to connect with the people who are in the same place in the same time with the same needs, dreams, and interests, you really do need to create space for that. And oftentimes that means you need to probably you know, cut some space out of other areas. Most of you are not running around with a lot of extra time on your plate to invest in new relationships. So you probably will have to pull back a little bit on existing ones or do a little bit of like shifting of how you spend your time in different relationships in order to make space for new ones. So the next part is don't be afraid of inviting people into new relationships. And this is super scary and uncomfortable. And I totally get it. Like no one wants to be the person out there like, hello, will you be my friend? (laughs) Nobody wants to be that person. I know that's really hard and scary and uncomfortable. And also it works. 
<laughs> and and there's a lot of ways to do it that aren't quite as vulnerable as just jumping up and down and begging for friends. So I want you to be thinking about how you can do that. And I'm going to give you some very specific examples of how you can do that because it's really important that you are proactively cultivating relationships that will be meaningful to you. Because if you're not proactively searching for these relationships, cultivating these relationships, and really creating the support systems that you need, you're not going to get what you need out of the support systems that you have. So I want you to think about inviting people into new relationships. And there's a lot of ways you can do that without being a weirdo. And so let's just start with that. So I'm going to tell you some specific ways in just a minute around how you can do that. But before I want to do that, before I get into that component, I do want to talk a little bit about the importance of making space for new relationships and the importance of inviting people into new relationships. And it is because there's going to be people in your life as you grow, as you evolve, that are not going to get it. They're not going to understand what you're doing. They're not going to understand why you're doing it. They might not be on board with your growth. And that can feel really uncomfortable and really compromising to that relationship. It can also feel really compromising to your goals and your dreams. And if your goals and dreams feel compromised, oftentimes women tend to walk away from them. So if you don't feel safely supported or in a secure place, a sacred place where you can be supported as you work toward a dream or a goal, you're very unlikely to actually accomplish that goal. So I know for me, when I had a major falling out, I was working at a gym. I had a major falling out with the owner of the gym. It was a couple. They were awful. I've talked about them before, but I had to decide, am I going to stay here with these awful people? And if I stay here, what is that going to look like? And what are my next steps going to be? And really what I ended up doing was talking to my husband who ran his own business at the time and talking through. So he was like my safe and sacred place. And I was talking through with him and then a couple other connections I had in the fitness industry outside of that gym. And that became my safe place for I'm in a really rough spot. And I need some support around how am I going to get out of here? Feel like you're the martyr in your family. You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. 
you get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. And so what ended up happening there is I had to find people who were on board with my growth. I had to find people who were like, you know what, Sarah, even though you're still a pretty new trainer, look at how people are flocking to you. Look at how full your schedule is. Look at how much your clients adore you and trust and know that they are going to follow you if you move to a different gym, if you move to a place where you are treated with respect, where trainers are treated with respect, where women are treated with respect, where the members are treated with respect, because none of that was happening at this place. So I had to have that find that support system with people who were on board with my growth. And with my husband, who was just my boyfriend at the time, but this move felt very scary to me. And there was definitely people I didn't talk to about it because a lot of people I knew in the fitness industry at the time were working in big box gyms, making very little money. And I knew that the move I wanted to make was not in that direction. I wanted to move into like a tiny little studio, take my circle of clients with me and really start to build and evolve my own personal training brand. And there were people who were not on board with that because they had never done that. And they thought that was super risky. So I didn't talk to those people. I didn't talk to my friends who were working at LA Fitness and 24-hour fitness making 13 bucks an hour because I knew that they would feed into my fears more than they would feed into my desires and my dreams. So I made sure that I leaned on people who would be on board with my growth and support my growth. There's also going to be people that will feel directly threatened by your growth. And sometimes this is the people closest to us. So this can happen in marriage. When you grow and evolve in new directions, your partner might be terrified. And it probably is because of their own insecurities, but they might feel like you're going to outgrow the relationship. You're going to outgrow your family. You're going to outgrow your marriage. You're going to outgrow the dynamics that you currently have. And they don't know where they're going to fit into that. And that can be really, really scary, especially if you're married to someone who likes to manage and control things, or especially if you're married to someone who has never really been in a place where growth and evolution in terms of evolving one's identity has been something that's really been promoted or something that's really been highly valued. So you might be married to someone who is like, you get a career and you stay in that career for 40 years and then you retire. And you're thinking like, oh, but I really want to like start my own business that might be a huge threat to a partner who has only known being in one career their whole life and only ever plans on being in that career. And maybe their parents were the exact same. So they might feel really threatened that you would like upend the family by taking on a new career path that might have like unpredictable income and unpredictable stability initially. They might feel very threatened by that. They might feel threatened that like as you grow and evolve and get more confident and more courageous and more brave and more bold, that all of a sudden you're going to be like, well, I don't really want to be in this marriage anymore because this person isn't growing and evolving. And now this is just kind of boring. So that can feel really threatening. So know that sometimes the people closest to you will not get you. They will not be on board with you. They will feel threatened by you. And they might have a ton of insecurities around what you're doing, and they will try to shrink you the more you try to shine. And so this happens all the time with women and food. So you decide that you're going to go like 
get super healthy and get fit and run a half marathon. And then there's all sorts of comments from the peanut gallery, from the women in your life who feel really uncomfortable in their bodies. So you go over to their houses for dinner and they're like, oh, well, I suppose Sarah's not going to have the pizza because she's training for a half marathon. And it's not said like in a sweet and loving way. It's said in a way that cuts you down. And this has definitely happened to me. And I finally had to decide that I'm not going to cultivate those relationships. I'm not going to cultivate relationships with women who cut me down when I try to get better. And there was definitely some relationships that I had to walk away from. And specifically around some of my husband's close friends when we first started dating, who rolled their eyes every time I was like, I'm going to leave a little early tonight because I have a race in the morning or rolled their eyes when I was like, I'm not drinking tonight because I'm like, you know, I'm training for something. They didn't like my growth. They didn't support my growth. I was told later, like, they're all making fun of you behind your back. They're teasing you. They think you're ridiculous. Like, why would you want to get up and run 10 miles on a Saturday morning when you could be up drinking till 2 a.m.? And I had to be really clear that like, I'm not going to let their insecurities outshine the areas where I want to shine in my life. So I'm going to go let myself become a badass. And if they don't want to come along for the ride, that's fine. I don't need those relationships. And that was uncomfortable and awkward. And it was a struggle for my husband and I, because I actually had a much easier time than he did around some of those boundaries where I was just like, whatever, like... I have plenty of friends who are willing to be supportive. And if these women are not going to be supportive of me and the things that I love and the ways that I want to grow, like I don't need those relationships. He felt very protective of me. And I think he also was a little bit like, why wouldn't women like support each other being badasses? Like it just didn't make sense to him in his mind. Cause, and he was totally right by the way, but there was some discomfort with that around that for us for sure. But I just had a really clear boundary in my mind that like, I'm not going to be around people. And I would say this, like if you go to Thanksgiving and people are not respectful of, you know, maybe you're gluten-free and maybe it's for health reasons. Maybe it's because you have celiac, whatever. And people are like, oh, I guess I'll have to make a special gluten-free pie for so-and-so because, you know, she just can't have the gluten. If people are rolling their eyes at you, that's not supportive. So recognize that that's probably their own insecurity and that if they're not supporting your growth and on board with you shining, that's an indicator of how much time you should invest in that relationship. And it should probably be not so much, (laughs) like not so much time and energy invested in that relationship. Because you want to invest in relationships where you can shine, not in relationships where someone else's insecurities are going to try to shrink you. And you got to get really clear on that. And that might involve uncomfortable conversations. It might involve distancing yourself from people. And that's okay. Because every time you do that, you create more time and energy to invest in relationships and support systems where you get to shine in those safe and sacred places where you get to grow and evolve to become more powerful, to become more capable, to become stronger in every aspect of your life. So here's how to do this. How do you find places or where are the places that you can go find your people? So first of all, obviously, Shameless Mom Every Damn Day Facebook group. So if you go to shamelessmom.com slash Facebook, you will find our free Facebook group. It's a private group. Anyone can be in it. Any mom can be in it. And that is a great, great resource to connect with like-minded women. Go in there and post and be like, hey, are there any other moms in the Detroit area looking for friends? Are there any other moms with a one-year-old and a three-year-old who want to like meet on Zoom once a week or who want to start a Marco Polo group just so that we can talk about like, stupid things three-year-olds say, (laughs) whatever. Are there any other moms out there who are training for their first half marathon and want an accountability partner? There's over 2000 moms in that group. And it's a great, 
great place to have that safe, secure, sacred place to connect with other moms. Also look locally in Facebook groups. There are so many local Facebook groups. I love it when I find new ones in my area that are like Seattle skiing moms. That's that might be one. I'm not aware of it, but they're like so specific. And you're like, oh, wait, like this is a very specific squad that I need to be a part of. And so finding those hyper local groups that are very interest oriented in certain. So like Seattle knitting moms or Seattle knitting women or whatever. Don't be afraid to go into those kinds of groups. Join those groups and connect there. I think that sometimes we can be a little put off by social media and for all sorts of reasons, but there's a lot of gifts for being able to connect with people in Facebook groups that have similar interests that are in similar places. Again, going back to that same idea, people who are in the same place at the same time with the same needs, dreams, and interests. Also look at work and networking events. Connecting with people who have the same professional ambitions is really important, especially if you have a partner who's differently ambitious than you, especially if you don't have, you know, like from me coming from my family, I did not have parents who knew the first thing about being entrepreneurial. They were very much people who got jobs in one industry and stayed there until they retired, which there's nothing wrong with that. But when I talk to my mom about my business, she's like, I don't even know, like, where did this come from? And she's super supportive, but she fully admits, she's like, I don't know where you got this or what you're doing and, or what any of it means, but like, good job. I love you. You're amazing, but I don't even get it. And so recognizing that sometimes having those places where you can really identify with your profession is super powerful. So work events, networking events, work circles. So, I mean, really finding those, like, are you going to the conferences that are about like, you know, how to be a better graphic designer or how to be a better photographer or all those kinds of things. I've been in multiple networking groups in the Seattle area that are specific for women or specific for people just starting out or specific to a certain neighborhood. So for a while, it was all business owners in a certain neighborhood. So there's a lot of different ways to go about this. But again, just to find people that you can connect with who have similar goals, dreams, ambitions, desires, and that can be really rewarding and it can create really cool new opportunities for you to grow and thrive rather than leaning into your marriage or your friend circle who don't really necessarily relate to your career. It's really important that you have those places where you can challenge yourself professionally with people who get it. And then also looking for activity groups and clubs. So book clubs, wine clubs, knitting circles, hiking clubs, golf groups, sewing circles, CrossFit classes, like wherever you're, you have an area of interest, go find those people, go join those clubs. And by the way, like make time for that is a high priority self-care item because it is, it's very high priority that you have these places to connect. So if you're like, Oh, I don't know. I couldn't ask my partner to like watch the kids when I go to CrossFit three times a week. And by the way, I'm not advocating CrossFit. I'm just using it as an example because there's a lot of things I don't like about it, but they are really good at the community building aspect. So maybe it's your bar class. Maybe it's your yoga studio. Maybe it's a wine club, maybe it's a book club, whatever, but prioritizing that and saying to your partner, like, this means a lot to me. I want to do this thing. And I also want you to have something. So what is your activity club area of interest that you want to build into your life so that we can be able to support each other in both of those directions? I have a girlfriend who recently, so I'm on this group text with these girlfriends from high school. And one of them recently was talking about her knitting club. And we were all like, wait, 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 you're in a knitting club. And she was like, yeah, it's like a bunch of us who didn't know how to knit and decided we wanted to learn. So we just like got together and started knitting together. So the thing is like, sometimes we way overthink things. You literally could just like put a post up on Facebook and be like, hey, like do any of my friends want to start a knitting club that meets like at this coffee shop on the third Thursday of the month? 
Don't overthink it. Do not make it complicated. And don't be afraid to extend the invitation. Extend the invitation. People want to connect. And if no one connects, if no one responds, then you just didn't put the invitation in the right place. So find the right place. If you don't know where to put the invitation, come into our Facebook group and ask, like, where can I find people who want to do this thing? And we'll tell you. We'll be like, go to your chamber of commerce or your local mountaineering group or your local whatever moms who love to boogie board <laughs> group. So yeah, don't be afraid to put yourself out there a little bit because the rewards will be great. So why is this important? It is so important to have support systems that serve you because you must have a place to shine. You must have a safe place to be seen as you grow. You must have a sacred place to connect with like-minded people. And here's why. All of this preserves your mental health, your sense of worth, and helps you build your identity in new, more dynamic directions. And this preservation of your mental health and this development of your sense of worth and sense of identity is extremely important, especially as you take on the roles of mom, wife, employee, those and more and more roles where you're kind of locked into components of your identity where you don't always have a lot of control. Because when we don't have these safe and sacred places to connect with like-minded people, our mental health can become compromised. And it can become compromised when we get lost in motherhood, when we get lost in our marriages, when we get lost in our careers. So when you have these safe, sacred places to shine and to be seen, this helps us minimize and mitigate loneliness, isolation, depression, and anxiety. So if you are not actively cultivating relationships that serve you, you will absolutely be at significantly higher risk of loneliness, isolation, depression, and anxiety. This is like research proven statistics or information data on women and moms that you have to have these safe and sacred places to be connected or you will suffer. Your mental health and happiness will suffer. And as a result, your overall health and well-being will suffer. And it really comes down to as much as your life expectancy will be less if you suffer from loneliness, isolation, depression, and anxiety. So just like when we talk about like getting in your workouts and eating well to fuel your body, it's also really important that you have safe and sacred places that with support systems that serve you. So if this episode has been helpful, if you know people struggling in this area, please, please share out this episode. Take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram or Facebook. I always comment back. I always reshare, but it is really, really crucial that we share with other women how to build support systems that serve us so that we can all have these safe places to stay healthy in our minds as we are doing all of our important work in the world. Before we wrap for today, one final reminder to text the word shameless to 33777 so that you will get all the information and details on our Christmas in July special where you will have access to Momentum Mamas and Shameless MomCon 2020. Again, just text the word shameless to 33777. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash 
Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.